Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast with me, Molly Herford. I am so excited to be here, uh, partially because when I say here, I mean back home. Uh, For anyone in the cycling industry, I've spent the last uh, few days out in California at the Sea Otter Classic Expo. And while it is so cool getting to see what's new in the cycling world, getting to catch up with a lot of people, including some of my feisty friends, including Sarah Gris and Catherine Taylor, it is definitely nice to be back home in my own space at my own desk, especially because I am sort of in the midst of a pretty some pretty big stuff on my end. Uh, and, you know, on the note of someone who is sort of right in the weeds of starting a new business, getting it going, uh, I'm so excited about today's guest. We have Pat Spencer, who is a wonderful licensed clinical social worker. She is also the founder of Getting Your Mind in Gear, and we met out at Outspoken, although we are both Jersey girls. We're both uh, former triathletes turned cyclists, uh, and it's actually hilarious in this episode how much overlap our lives have had uh, from you know college that uh, she's worked at and I attended to our first triathlons. It's just such a funny only in New Jersey would you have this much overlap kind of situation. But that is not all we're talking about. We're talking about the very practical things that come up when you're starting a small business in the fitness space, uh, or really in any space, but you know, talking about marketing on a shoestring budget, talking about figuring out how to balance your, your books if you are also working another job and you're sort of starting this as not necessarily a side hustle, but definitely like a parallel project, we'll say. So I think it's just really a great conversation for anyone who is sort of struggling to take those first steps in their small business, or honestly, if you've already started one, this is a great one to listen to, to just make sure that you've already checked all of the the practical boxes that we do talk about. And I definitely allude a little bit to a new project I have, and I will talk more about that in a couple weeks here. But for now, let's get into this conversation with Pat Spencer. Enjoy. All right. Pat, welcome to the Business of Fitness podcast. I am so excited to to have you on to talk about all of the things that you're up to. So welcome. I thank you so much. And I'm so excited to be here too. I feel a little um, unique in that all of your other business people are kind of established. And <laughs> as we're going to talk, I'm not. <laughs> But that's absolutely what I love. And to be, I mean, you know, let's back it up and say like, you actually sort of pitched this idea to me of sort of talking through the the getting started. And I actually think it's a brilliant idea because I know so many of our listeners are in the exact same boat where mm-hmm. they are either just getting something started or they're thinking about getting something started. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, a couple steps behind and you and I can talk about the, uh, the real ups and downs of these mm-hmm. like first forays into the business thing versus the the already established people who, you know, kind of have that stuff. I'm not even going to say figured out because we know no one has anything figured out. That's, (laughs) we know that, but there are a couple steps ahead. So I love, I love where you're at in this. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So let's, let's start just like by giving everyone a little bit of your both athletic and work background. And I specifically ask you those two things because they do really coalesce into what you're doing now. Yes. Yeah. So I guess the easiest one to start with is um, my athletic background. Um, you know, I, I I swam like swim team throughout, like starting at age eight, all through high school. I was never a fast swimmer, but I was a consistent swimmer. Um, and then I kind of disappeared from the athletic world. Um, and I, I 
I've heard you on a few podcasts say that I, I believe you're a millennial. Well, I'm one generation before. I'm a Gen Xer. Um, so I graduated high school a long time ago, uh, like in 1990, I believe. Um, so I... I'm so jealous just because you got to be like a young adult in the 90s, just so you know. Yeah. And I, I got to watch in the movie theaters the best movie ever, Singles, which has the best soundtrack ever. <laughs> Uh, so if your listeners have not heard the soundtrack, please, please, please go out and listen to it. It really is it like put like grunge on the map and oh. like that Seattle sound. Um, but I digress. I could talk about the Seattle sound for a, a long time. But that's a different um, podcast. Yeah, totally different. I'll, I'm sure I'll find that one later. Um, but I, I picked up sport again back in 2007 when I was 35 years old. I, you know, I was working full time. And one of my colleagues said, hey, I'm going to do a triathlon. The, she's going to do the dance can triathlon at Sandy Hook here in New Jersey. And I said, sounds awesome. You know, um, I'm like, let's do it. And like I said, I came from a swimming background. And I also used to bike recreationally, like just around town and stuff. Um, and I figured, well, I can piece together a three-mile run or walk. I, I can do what I have to do at the end. Um, now, keep in mind, at the time, I was... Um, not in shape at all. Um, I jokingly say at the time, uh, my furthest run was from the couch to the refrigerator to grab a beer during a commercial break. Um, <laughs> you know, I was also working like four to midnights at an emergency room. So my hours were kind of crazy. Um, and if you know anything about the, about the medical profession is that we are the worst, the absolute worst at eating healthy. Um, you know, so very like, ironic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like pizza, like every night and stuff. Um, so yeah, but 2007, I did my first try, um, Danskin was already sold out. Um, so I did a different try. I did Skylands out in, in Hunterdon County at, um, were we there together? <laughs> oh my gosh. When was the first one I did? It would have been like 2000, it would have been like 2008 or so. Maybe my dad actually did it back. Like so there's actually a picture and no one's going to see this, but I'll maybe have to grab the clip. Okay. So this is the picture of my nice. parents holding up or my mom and her like family or my dad's family holding up a sign for my dad. This was taken the day before I was born. And oh, my wow. mom was out there with the huge pregnant belly cheering my dad on. It's also the last triathlon he ever did. So I okay. didn't ruin his, uh, ruin his career, but. <laughs> yeah, but so Skylands was my first in 2007. Um, I did not know. I, I was that athlete who in transition was like looking around going, do I wear a bathing suit the whole time? Like I knew nothing, like literally in transition asking people and everybody was so lovely and nice. They're so um, sweet there. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. They were wonderful. Um, and I came in dead last in my age group. Uh, like they were literally taking down like the arch and everything like that. So I, I was certainly not one of the faster athletes. Um, the food was gone. There was no more food left. Us. Oh, but the food is the best part of that I, race. I oh, know. So all of your listeners do Skylands. The food's always good. I, I got faster in the following year, so I had the food. Um, but that was my first foray, and I fell in love with triathlon. And just you know, I did the typical triathlon thing of sprint for a little while, and then Olympic distance for a little while, and then I did an awful lot of seventy point threes. Yeah, creeping on up. And my parents were always like, don't you ever do an Ironman? Don't do it. And I'm like, dad, only crazy people do Ironman. I'm not doing an Ironman. Don't worry about it. Well, I've done three. I finished three. I've started four. Um, so I did my first uh, Iron Distance race in 2012. 
Um, I did the Rev 3 in Cedar Point was my first go around at that. And then I did Ironman Lake Placid and I did Challenge Roth. And then I trained for the 2016 Ironman Mont Tremblant. Um, but for reasons that we won't go into today, I did not finish um, and stopped doing triathlon at that point. Um, oh my gosh. It's so funny because I also did the Rev 3 Cedar Point. That was my first half. So it's actually, I, I love this. We have like, like parallel triathlon lives I here. I know. It's like, we're like racing together or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was also a fun race. Like I loved the swim. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, and the bike ride was so gorgeous. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, but then like I said, 2016 stopped doing tries. And, um, in 20, just before the pandemic, so 2019, uh, I was biking uh, on the roads and some guy literally ran me off the road, like came behind me in his truck and leaned on the horn and ran me off the road a few times. Uh, so at that point I was like, yeah, it's not really worth it. Uh, so I bought a gravel bike. Um, as one does. Yep. As uh, this is like their traditional middle midlife triathlon transition. You go from tries to gravel. Uh, and throw in some weightlifting for good measure, you know, um, yep. not sure I'm going to get into CrossFit at one day, but I have a feeling that's probably the next step. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say never at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I learned to never say never. Um, and so now I do gravel. Um, I, love you know, it. I, I do the races. Um, although I say I do the events, not the races, uh, cause I'm the only person I'm racing is myself. I'm out there just to have a good time. I never necessarily have a time in mind. It's just how, how good can I feel at the end? How can I know I've pushed myself? to my limit without going over the limit. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not out there for the time. I'm out there for the experience. Um, I love that. Yeah. And then this is all going into, you know, where you are now in work, yes. but like, let's get back to those emergency room days and uh, you know yeah. what you're doing in real life too. Yeah. So that's going to say in real life, um, you know, I, I am an uh, LCSW or licensed clinical social worker. Or it's my official letters. Um, uh, I know it's fancy dancy. I like to use those. Um, I worked hard for those letters though. Um, All right. yeah, so I am, um, a master's level social worker with a clinical license. Um, I've been a social worker. Oh my goodness. So I graduated undergrad with a degree in education from Seton Hall. And then I graduated college in 1994. And one month later I went into the Peace Corps and was in the Peace Corps for two years, uh, in North Africa and in Tunisia, North Africa, came back in 96, and then 97 went to grad school for social work. So I've been a social worker since 97, worked in so many settings, uh, case management with adults with serious mental illness, case management for kids with behavioral health challenges and their families, uh, emer psychiatric emergency rooms, um, veteran, nationwide veteran helpline. And now I'm in my own private practice, um, where I own my therapy practice that I started in 2017 after I got laid off from Rutgers. So they had a round of layoffs. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take an opportunity and start a business. The number of times that you and I could have intersected in life is just so funny to me because we were also at Rutgers at the same time. So this is just the New Jersey curse. Um, it really is. <laughs> or the best part about living in New Jersey. It's really both. Yeah. Yeah. So I started my private practice, which is, um, you know, I still run that private practice where I, I treat people. Uh, I specialize working with the LGBTQ population and with trauma. I'm an EMDR trained therapist. Um, and then about, oh, two years ago, 
I started thinking, how can I take my mental health skill set and work with athletes? Um, because when I was training for triathlon, oftentimes I'd kind of Google, you know, I don't even know if I had Google back then. I, I, I don't know what I did. Um, there was, um, I, I searched, you know, like sports psychologist or mental training for triathletes. And I never found anybody, at least in my area. Mm -hmm. And so at the time I was like, well, I guess my mental needs in this race really aren't real. If there's nothing out there for us, then, you know, must not be real. And like I said, about two years ago, I realized I have the freedom that I, I create my own schedule. I, you know, I, I, I've built a business before. Um, let me see what I can do about offering some type of mental coaching for endurance athletes and specifically mental coaching for female or LGBTQ endurance athletes. Um, so. I love that. I love that. Now that said, I can understand the why making the shift to that mental performance for sport. And, you know, I, I love what you're doing at the same time. It's also very easy to just not do that thing. It's actually probably much easier for you to just continue with private practice and compartmentalize and have the <laughs> athletic side of your life over here. So what, what made you, you know, decide like, okay, no, this is, this is actually the thing that I want to do. Like, this is my mission. Right. Yeah. So what really pushed me was actually some of the Facebook groups, um, like the, the Girls Gone Gravel Facebook group, uh, you know, hit play, not pause, and others. I would see women on there. How do I deal with the anxiety of going out for a ride by myself? How do I deal with those race day jitters? Oh, my God, am I the only person stuck on the couch with no motivation? So I started seeing that there was this thread that, that that there was a need actually out there that was not getting met. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, again, I'm like, I have the skill set to help. I have the skill set to be able to do this. And at risk of sounding uh, self-centered, um, it was a way to make a little bit more money as well and to kind of diversify my income. Because mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if people realize, but for the past three years, we've been living in a pandemic. And um, we have the COVID pandemic, but we've also had a significant mental health pandemic that kind of has gone with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, therapists, not just myself, but other mental health professionals, um, we've been working and working really hard for the past three years. And I love what I do as a therapist. I'm not giving up my therapy practice. That's not at all my goal. My goal is not to go to zero therapy clients. My goal was to diversify and say, how can I still do what I love doing, which is EMDR and other therapy? And how can I do something where I'm using my skills, but is not as, let's say, heavy? Completely makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's such a great you know, balance that you're trying to figure out because I think otherwise you're, you know, very, we all know like therapists are very much at risk for burnout right now. And for completely understandable reasons, like I'd be shocked if, you know, a therapist is like, Oh, I'm doing great. This has been like a ca very easy three years for me. No problems whatsoever. Very right. low stress. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I love, and I love that you're, you're still thinking about diversifying versus like going all in, because I do think you could definitely go all in on the sports mm -hmm. psychology stuff and, you know, probably do quite well with that. But I love that you're still also like 
still very much in the like, no, I love this too. So it's it's really mm-hmm. finding that good balance, which I'm very big fan of. <laughs> yeah, I, I love trying to find the balance. And, you know, one of my personal values is serving others. Like, I, I, I do believe that as humans, we are uh, connected to each other. And that part of my personal thing is to help lift other people up. And, uh, you know, for me, sport has helped me a lot. And I want sport to be able to help others. And so maybe I can help them get that help if that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so far, how have you figured out like the balance of the day job, the, the, I'm going to call it a side hustle. It's not really, it's sort of a second job. Right. Uh, and of course you are still training because I mean, with all of this said, like, obviously there wouldn't really be much of a point to you doing the sports psych stuff. If you then had to give up your athletic aspirations. <laughs> Yeah, um, I wish I had a magic answer of how I'm finding that. Um, Where I'm at right now is I kind of structured my day that I work my therapy job. I I have that pretty structured. You know, that is Monday to Friday, and I have specific hours that I work each day. Um, And so then I put the the mental coaching job kind of around that. Um, Where I'm at now is also looking at when and how do I cut back on the therapy job? So like, you know, as people uh, naturally in therapy, uh, thankfully, thank God, patients or clients or whomever, they meet their goals. And then they're like, okay, I don't need therapy right now. So then I'm losing a client. So now I'm kind of looking at when I lose that client, do I take on a new therapy client or do I use that to build my mental coaching practice? Oh my gosh, you and I are living a parallel situation right now because I have the exact same thing with uh with freelance with writing. It's you know, you you know, you stop working for one outlet and do I use that open time to work on further my own things, my own new big projects or mm-hmm. Do I try to find the the next client that's going to you know pay on time? Because especially when you're at the outset of some of this stuff, uh, there are much more. There's much more output than there is input in terms of the uh, the financial side of things. Whether we're talking and the time, really, like yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's finding that where that works and how to use my time efficiently and effectively. And, you know, thankfully, I'm no longer training for triathlon. I'm training for gravel races. So the, the training commitment, just time-wise, the amount of hours is less. You I'm say not, that, but I've seen you on Instagram sneaking into the pool. Don't lie to me. I, I do. I do. I, well, I am, I, I, I'm not lying, but I'm swimming the swim leg of the Ironman Jones Beach. Um, I'm doing the relay. Um, oh, so a casual two, 2.4 mile swim. I think it's a half Ironman. Oh, okay. So a casual <laughs> 1.2 mile swim. Yeah. If it's a full Ironman, I need to up that training a little bit in a few months. <laughs> um, but I also love swimming. Like I just love, like for me swimming, even when I'm not doing a swim race, I'm in the pool, you know, once or twice a week, just, mm-hmm. you know, staring at that black line. Yep. No, I have said this so many times and very few cyclists don't get it. Triathletes do. The pool is where you have your best thoughts, which is very okay. annoying because then you're like, oh no, how do I write this down? I'm in the pool. But yes. It is where you have the best thoughts. Also, I highly recommend this little notepad you can get on Amazon called Aqua Notes. Oh. And it's a notepad that you can actually, I have it sectioned in my shower because I get my best ideas in the shower, but it has a little pencil and it's a notepad that can go underwater. Oh, that's so, so you awesome. You have it like on the pool deck and you have an idea okay. and you stop and you write it down. 
Oh, that's right. I'll have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I do. I come up with like, I'm a, I'm an absolute genius in the pool. Exactly. Like, I, yeah. I think I've, I, I've solved world hunger, you know, a uh, nuclear Check. crisis Check. I've solved. It's all in the pool, but it's all stayed in the pool. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, here you go. Notepad game changer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where I'm right now with that balance. It's like, and thankfully, you know, my, my therapy job is pretty flexible. Mm -hmm. uh, and every week, just on, on average, I have between one and three people cancel a session for any number of reasons. And so I use that time, you Ooh, know, I love that. So it might be that time that I'm writing a blog or I'm, you know, creating an Insta post or sometimes just reading some sports psychology articles. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of where do I find the time, you know, and where is it made for me? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that you mentioned sort of two two sides of that, because I mean, I think you could either fall into the only creating the Insta posts and blogs or only researching the thing. So I really mm -hmm. like that you mentioned both sides, because you do need to kind of keep up with that continuing it, especially in you know the kind of field that you're in, where yeah. new ideas are coming out all the time, and we're, we're learning so much. Yes. Yeah, no. And so that's, that's kind of how I use my time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're also doing some of these more like entrepreneurship type conferences and groups and stuff. You were at Outspoken. Uh, mm -hmm. That's actually where we, we got to meet. So, I mean, what, uh, just, you know, out of curiosity, like what made you decide to, to go to Outspoken in the first place? And I mean, what were some of your main takeaways from it? Okay. Yeah. So the reason I went um, last year, probably about a year now, like maybe June or July-ish, I think I saw a post from, you know, Catherine Taylor on the Girls Gone Gravel site saying something about the Outspoken Summit. And at the time, I've been kind of kicking around the idea of starting the mental coaching business. Um, but I was not starting it because I was like, I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. And then I saw that post and I and, and I actually had met Catherine before because I'd been on their podcast back in June of 2021 um, at Unbound. And so I emailed her or Facebooked her or somehow got in contact with her. And I said, hey, listen, I don't have a business. Would this, you know, I have an idea for a business, but I don't have one. Would this be a good, uh, good, good way to spend my time and my money? Um, and she's like, hell yeah. So I signed up and I went. And to be honest, like the the days leading up into it, I'm like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm signed up. So I'm definitely going and you know what the hell Arizona is beautiful. So at least I'll have that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to get nothing. I, I'm not a business, you know? Um, and I am so glad I went. I mean, it was probably the best way I've spent my time um, and my money business wise uh, last year. Um, you know, my, my takeaways, um, you know, just from the different workshops, like I attended um, Brenda Smith's workshop on like finances. So uh, what I learned about the from the financial workshop is I had a lot more questions than answers. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. Yep. And I also learned I needed to open a bank account. <laughs> this is like so embarrassing. I had to tell Brenda that I skipped hers because I was actually, because I was doing so much work at the conference, I was actually afraid that her, her talk would stress me out so much that I wouldn't be able to function for the rest yep. of it. <laughs> So I was like, please tell me everything you you talked about in that. Uh, yeah. No, it was really after the <laughs> Yeah. And then let me see. I attended Celine's workshop on writing. And 
you know, it, I think her workshop more confirmed things for me. Like it, it was things I had already bouncing around in my mind, but kind of had a light shown on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Catherine's workshop on like some of the business side, like I, that night, I think I whipped out my laptop and revamped my website. Um, Love it. You know, with some inputs, I, I showed Celine and I showed Carrie, um, you know, my website at the time, like, hey, this is great, but my God, you got too many words. Um, so try, you know, pared that down. My website's still not perfect, um, but it's better than it was. Um, and, you know, and then just uh, like, like the, the talks, um, like on the diversity and stuff, like it, just the whole thing was really positive. Um, and then even more so was the community that was built. That's you know, what I was going like to say. Social connections. You did like watching, you know, the aftermath of that, like you and a few other women from that conference have just done so much where you really like started working together and sort of talking and forming this sort of like informal, like, mm-hmm. you know, little, little crew, which has been so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like women I would have never met. Mm-hmm. You know, Kate from England, she does Yop Fitness. Like, she's just awesome. Uh, Adina up at, in Massachusetts with, like, uh, Be Real, uh, Team Be Real. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy in, I think Nancy's in Toronto, you know. Yeah, and, she's near it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Fiona, who's also in Ontario somewhere, but I forget exactly where. Like, we just clicked. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nancy, Fiona, Annie, and I have all been really involved in on on GroupMe, the the app, and we actually still meet monthly. And I love that. Yeah. And so we're kind of supporting and coaching each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it's awesome. so it is so invaluable, no matter how I think like how long you've been in business, to have that like group of women where you can just like, hey, can you guys look at this page on my website? Like let me know what you think. Like you know, yeah. that kind of like that kind of like quick response type things like that is just so, so valuable. And I think that's one of those things we don't talk about mm-hmm. often enough and it's hard to find. Yeah, <laughs> like I wouldn't have found it if I didn't go to Outspoken. What am I supposed to do? Just, just like on Facebook? Hi, who wants to be my business friend? And like, um, you'll probably get a response if you do it on Facebook, but I feel like those things tend to peter out after like one or two meetings. Mm-hmm. But I think once you, like when you have that like established, like in real life sort of friendship and like everyone's kind of, you know, the vibes are working. Yeah. Like then it's easier to transfer it to an online, like mostly we're, you know, just chatting on an app. But I think mm-hmm. if you start on the app, it's a lot harder to like all actually be the right vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and like I said, I'm just so glad I met them, and you know, it's it's just been invaluable. And like I said, hmm. we meet monthly. I think we're meeting this week um, nice. you know, via Zoom, and we hold each other accountable. Right, what's your goal this month? Okay, did you do it? Did you not do it? Um, you, you might have seen I posted a few videos. They looked at them first and were like, you know, believe me, there was one video I didn't post public because they're like, hey, it's not that it's horrible because it's not, but make these tweaks. And so I made those tweaks. You know, oh, I love that. It's yeah. really good. It's even better to have people that'll actually give you some honest feedback too. Like that's yeah, yeah. like I'm honest like, supportive feedback. Yeah, I'm like I do need my yes crew. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Just need some of them, but I also need the people that are gonna give me the feedback. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been awesome. So yeah, so I've, I've loved that, and that's like when I started my therapy business. You know, I'm I'm kind of building my mental coaching business using the model that you that worked for me with therapy because mm-hmm. so, my therapy business is actually successful. Yeah, and some things that have worked for me in my therapy business have been 
I, I teach, I do presentations and trainings. Um, you know, I'm scheduled at Rutgers School of Social Work, hopefully in June to do a training on uh, menopause and mental health. Um, nice. You know, I'm doing another training for Rutgers University on intimate partner violence, also in June. All happy topics, right? Mm, yeah, um, fun, fun. But it's doing those trainings that got my name known and then got me therapy clients. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at how do I do trainings or webinars um, to get my name out there as a mental coach kind of around the country. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I That's love that. And you've been doing such a good job with that. Like I've seen, you know, you're getting on podcasts, you're talking to different clubs, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you. Although I do want to come back to the finance side of things because you, okay, you sort sorry, of said yes. something that like occurred to me. Um, but actually let's, let's talk about that. You know, like marketing wise, you've been doing, like I say, doing the speaking stuff. You also have, uh, you know, freebies on the website. So like other outside of the speaking, what has been working and have you tried anything that's just totally bombed? Um, so I'm so far things have worked because my, my goal is to get my name known right now. Cause I'm kind of doing two things. I'm trying to get my name known and to build up the recognition that people might need my product. I, I'm basically selling something that people are like, Oh, I don't need that. You know, um, I'm just going to talk positively to myself. Um, and I'm like, yeah, positive self-talk's one aspect, but it's not the whole kit and caboodle. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, actually, that was when you first mentioned, when we were talking about the the why way back in the beginning of this chat, you mentioned, you know, you're seeing like women saying these things on Facebook groups. And I have definitely found in my illustrious career as an author, I would hear a lot of women say like, there are no books for girls in sport or like this, this, mm -hmm. and this. And then you're like, well, here you go. Here is a buy now button that answers your exact thing. Uh, and then it's just crickets and you're like, yep. oh, okay. So people didn't actually want to, like, not even if they didn't want to, just like there's a difference between asking about the thing versus actually paying for the service. Right, right. So I have had, after each presentation, I usually have one or two people reach out to me um, nice. that say, hey, I heard you talk. And Sometimes that leads to a paying person. Sometimes it does not. Um, but my business is so new. My only goal is for people to learn who I am. That That's kind of my goal for 2023, or for at least this first half of 2023. Wouldn't mind making a few bucks here and there. But kind of 2023, I'm looking at as building the foundation, as how do I get my name out? How do I get the idea out? that this could be something that people might want or need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm also, you know, with my, the group I talked about, we're kind of going over different ideas of, you know, originally my plan was doing basically just individual sessions, kind of doing what I know, which is individual sessions in therapy and kind of translating that. Mm -hmm. um, but then just through talking and reading and exploring, I'm like, well, I still want to offer that, but maybe video courses might be the way to go where yes, it takes a lot of time and effort to make kind of some video courses because um, I'm doing it all by myself. Like I'm not paying anybody to edit anything. Um, you know, so it's like, I'm looking at what actually will work. And mm -hmm. you know, so I put the first video out like at, on April 1st and, you know, and I, I got some positive feedback from it. And that's mainly what I want. This first video, I just want people to 
say, hey, I love it or hey, I hate it. And this is why. Please don't um, say I hate it. That's me. Well, I don't want them to say they hate it, but I do want the feedback. I want to yeah. know I'm not wasting my time. I don't want to make a product that people don't want. I don't want to sit here in my office editing a video going, oh my God, this is amazing. And then people to watch it and be like, no. <laughs> um, you know, so. Fair, fair. And what about, um, what about like group coaching or anything like that? Is that, that sort of an avenue that's, you're thinking um, about? Yeah, that's something I want to do also. And again, I can't do group coaching until people know who I am, but people won't know who I am if I don't do group coaching. So it's, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Um, so I do want to offer group coaching because again, another one of my values is providing service to people, but an affordable service, mm -hmm. but yet one that can help me, you know, pay my rent or something. Yeah. Um, so group could be an option, like, cause individual obviously would cost more than group. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then the courses would be even less than that. So it's like, yeah, well, in group coaching for something like this, I think actually does make a lot of sense because it takes some of like the stigma of therapy out of it. It makes it feel or not that there should be a stigma, like, let's be clear right. here, but, right. but uh, there is. it makes it feel less like someone is getting like one-on-one -on -one therapy and it feels more like like coaching or like a, like a course, like a class versus mm -hmm. like a, a one-on-one, -on -one, like, oh no, are we going to have to talk about my childhood? And that's why I'm so competitive. And oh, geez. Yeah. Which... No, we're not going there. I'm nobody's, unless you're working, unless I'm seeing you as your therapist, unless it's through my other business, BTC counseling, and you are physically in New Jersey, you must be physically in New Jersey. We are not doing <laughs> therapy. <laughs> we don't go near your childhood. No, no. I know you had a childhood. That's all we need to know. <laughs> respect Love that. Love it. Is there anything Love deeper? It. I mean, and also, but that is a concern is how to make sure I'm not crossing the line from kind of mental coaching to therapy. Right. Um, and also how to make sure I can refer people out if a bigger issue arises. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because I also do want to respect that a lot of people, and again, myself included, use um, I'm going to say cycling at this point, but any sport for some mental relief, mm -hmm. you know, for some stress management or some Absolutely. peace of quiet or some mindfulness. Um, and that at times that sport is hiding or coping with a bigger, deeper issue. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that I can link people to appropriate providers if there's a bigger issue that's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's not even like touching on the, the whole, like, you know, exercise addiction, like eating disorder, like accompaniment that can yeah. definitely, you know, be part and parcel with someone who's training a lot. Yeah. So yeah, lots of, lots of things. And actually how this might be just more of like a weird question, but how does that work? Because can you refer people to yourself as like, you're like, here's my business card for my therapist thing, or would you refer out? How does that? So again, <laughs> legally, I can only treat people in New Jersey for, for mental health treatment. Right. So that that's where I'm licensed. Like most things. Um, yeah. However, I am in the process of getting licensed for Massachusetts as well. Okay. Um, but for right now, that's who I can treat. But what I would do is if somebody reached out to me and you know, they were here in New Jersey and they said, Hey, listen, this is, you know, I really heard the mental coaching stuff. I heard the podcast or whatever. And you sound like a great match. You know, they can have a free consultation with me. 
we talk. And then through that conversation, if it's something that is bigger, I'm like, you know what? I might not be able to see you this way, but I can see you this way. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't want that, that's fine. I can refer you out. Or if you already have a therapist, yeah, let's do the mental coaching, but please make sure you're getting the treatment you need. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, you know, I can refer to myself, but that's not what I'm looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, I do like that you just kind of brought up the topic of like mental performance is not necessarily going to be the same thing as therapy. And I think there are a lot of people who I, I think it actually can be a really great on like entry point into the world of therapy because it feels less like like you're going to sit down and talk about your childhood, um, but it can kind of make you feel safer with the idea of like the one-on-one conversation and the therapy kind of side right. of things. Um, but I do like the idea of the two sort of like working together, right? Like you're working mm-hmm. with a therapist and with a mental performance person. Right. That's that's sort of our ideal here for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the deal. You want to take control of your health, of your life, but honestly, who has the time to go into the doctor, get the requisition for all the blood work, and then go to the lab and actually have that blood drawn, then wait weeks for the doctor to get back to you with the results? No, absolutely not. Inside Tracker is the way to go. And bonus, you can do it from the comfort of your own home with their mobile blood draw. It is so easy. Oh my gosh, so convenient, so safe, so reliable. All you have to do is when you order your Inside Tracker panel, you actually just add the mobile blood draw option and then boom, suddenly you have a lab tech at your house at a time that works for you to take your blood. We did this last month and honestly, it was the easiest experience I have ever had with blood draws in my life. So convenient. And then the turnaround on the results is so quick and instantly you get this whole view of what is going on inside you with all of the important biomarkers that you need as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, as a go-getter. So definitely, definitely check them out. Save time in your day, add time to your life with Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw. And if you visit insidetracker.com backslash feisty, you get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com backslash feisty to get 20% off today. Um, okay. Coming, coming back to actually though, the, the very practical, I mean, you know, you mentioned some of the stuff with starting your original practice, like played really neatly into, you know, getting this thing off the ground. Um, were there any like major differences as far as like from one to the other? Cause I imagine. Yeah. I mean, one (laughs) one of the big differences is that when I opened my private practice for therapy, I had worked for over 20 years as a social worker in Middlesex and Somerset counties, New Jersey. I had connections. Mm -hmm. When I was laid off and then opened my practice, I was able to call just a few friends and say, hey, listen, I got laid off. And and I said, I'm starting my private practice. One friend, um, she works full time during the day at a regular social work job, but then has her private practice at night. That friend said, hey, listen, you can use my office all day, every day for free up until a certain time. And then two evenings a week, she didn't work. So I had a free office for the first year. Which good was friend. Awesome. Yeah, very good friend. <laughs> but she also let other people she knows. If someone said, hey, my friend is looking for a therapist, she's like, oh, give Pat a call. That's um, awesome. Yeah. And so I had that. And I mm-hmm. don't have that in nationwide, you know, in mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's where I kind of like these podcasts come in or I'm doing the, the girls gone gravel festival in May down in Bentonville. Oh, nice. Um, you know, so trying to just get the connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, and okay. You did mention the, the financial, uh, as you were talking about Brenda there, you mentioned the, the bank account. Uh, so what have you learned from Brenda who we've also had on the podcast and she yeah. had some I love her blend of like the mindset side of things, but then also just like the relentlessly practical, like, no, you also need a sole proprietorship. And I'm like, darn it. Can't we just keep talking about the mindset stuff so I can manifest something or whatever? Right. Do my taxes. Come on. Yeah. Um, you know, so with her, it, again, some of it was kind of shining a light on something that was rattling around in the back of my head. Um, I had worked in social work and I was high enough in the agencies that I touched the financial aspects of business before. And I'm on the board of a nonprofit and I was on the board of my professional org. Um, so I had seen, you know, the needs for budgets and stuff. Um, what she shone a light on was the really important thing of separating all of my money. Um, I sound like I'm wealthy. I'm going to separate all of my oh, money. Yes. All this of pile it. over here, this pile over here. Yeah. I am not wealthy, but you know, to make sure I have my therapy business, have that bank account. Have mm-hmm. my coaching business, have that, have a bank account. And then I also have my own personal private bank account. Um, and, you know, right now my therapy business is paying for my mental coaching business. Um, so that bank, the mental coaching bank account does not have a lot in it just yet. Um, but that really was kind of a takeaway of trying to essentially silo the money. Yeah. So if I'm ever audited for whatever reason, it's it's a bit cleaner, not as messy. And I think it does mentally help you sort of really take stock of each business. I mean, again, it's not like you need the mental performance one to be boom, instantly profitable, but mm-hmm. it is good to like not kind of pull the wool over your own eyes and like just convince yourself that it's like doing well when really that's the thing that's just like hemorrhaging money I have I have personally spent a lot of time throwing money after like bad maybe bad like things that just weren't making profits for me but I continued paying for them because my bank account was all like one thing so I really just didn't pay attention just let that let that go yeah yeah so again that's why I'm looking at kind of this first year like I'm kind of looking at 2023 as the foundation but looking at it in in January to June and then June to December kind of, or July to December. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in my mind, this might not be the healthiest mindset, but like January to June will be more hemorrhaging money. Yep. <laughs> and hopefully July to December, maybe not a, a, a great influx, but some starting to trickle in. Um, and over time, actually seeing what's working, what's not working, um, you know, I'm really hoping that like some online courses will work um, because I'm putting some time and effort into it right now mm-hmm. and some money as well. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, I guess it, because you're still in the hemorrhaging phase, uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel that deeply. Um, do you have like the moments, you know, when, whether you're in the pool or on a ride or, you know, just, you know, sitting there working on editing a video and it's like late and you're tired and you're annoyed with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you ever have the moments of like, I'm just going to throw this computer out the window. Why am I doing this when I could just be, you know, doing my normal, my, my day job. And yeah, I have the moments of not necessarily let me throw my computer out the window. Cause then I'd have to buy a new one. And yeah. that would be expensive. Um, but I do have these moments of, 
am I developing something that's actually worthwhile? Like I have these da- moments of self-doubt of, am I putting this time and energy into something that's actually going to pay off? Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate reality is I'm not going to know it for at least a year. Mm-hmm. It's like Ironman training, you know, that 3000 yards you spent in the pool, you, you don't know if they're going to pay off and you don't know quite honestly, if you're going to get injured in the week before the race, you know, and the day before the race, the day before the race, or even during the race, are you going to be able to finish the race? So it's more of this great unknown of, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. Because although I've listened to all of your podcasts and a whole bunch of others, there's not a direct roadmap of yeah. this is, you know, do A, then do B, then do C. Um, you know, I've taken uh, Nancy, one of the girls, one of the women I met at the Outspoken, who's in my group, we did B school together through, it's an online thing. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from it. And I'm like, okay, hopefully this pays off. But it still, is this cost going to pay off for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then my mindset is, if it's not going to pay off for this specific business, I've learned something and I can apply it to my other business. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do think for you actually have a very unique situation in that like a lot of people are trying to kind of get out of like the the corporate rat race to start these meaningful careers. Uh, you already have a very meaningful career. So I can imagine actually like that funny enough, those moments of doubt would actually be harder for you because you already do have a very worthwhile thing that you do (laughs) compared to someone who's like, Oh, my nine to five selling cigarettes to, you know, youth is just like really (laughs) sapping my soul. You're like, of course it is like, Oh my God, you need to find a different job. Uh, But you're already doing something really, really good. Right. (laughs) What I also have um, is I, I do have my other business. And so mm-hmm. I, I have the safety net of, yeah. you know what, if getting your mind in gear, my mental coaching business, if it goes, if it fails, and this is going to sound very, again, cocky, the most that I'm out is money. And it, it's not a, I mean, it's not a small amount of money, but it's not a huge amount of money. You know, I can still pay my mortgage. I can still pay my car payment. I can still go on vacation. You know, I'm very privileged in that I am married and my wife has a full-time job where they provide health insurance. So I have health insurance, you know, so I have this safety net. And when I started my therapy business, that was more like this crisis um, because I had just gotten laid off. I had worked at Rutgers UBHC for several, several years. Mm-hmm. I had literally set myself at Rutgers to not be laid off. If there was a committee, I joined it. They're like, hey, do you want to have this retirement? I'm like, I'm on it. Um, you this. know, I designed trainings. I literally did everything and thought I was safe. And then literally go to work one day and get told, hey, thank you. You've done a good job, but your services are no longer needed. And so in that moment, I had this crisis of, okay, I've lost a very good paying job. I've lost, I was the health insurance provider at that point. You know, I've lost my identity, you know. Um, So at that point, you know, in 2017, I'm like, okay, I'm giving myself two weeks to sit on the couch and watching horrible daytime TV. I'm (laughs) with my cats and then I'm getting off my butt and I'm going to do something. And I kind of had it in my mind of I'm going to do a private practice. But if I have to, I'll work at Wawa making sandwiches. I'll pump gas. I'll do whatever I have to. I'm I'm not one to sit around. You just gave literally two of the most New Jersey examples that a human could give Wawa. working at a Wawa, but also pumping, pumping gas. gas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. But what I also love about that is, you know, I had to contend with this when I was, you know, sort of trying to explain to my parents, for example, like what I do. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've had plenty of opportunities where I could have taken a full-time job at, you know, a magazine or another outlet or something. And I've mm -hmm. always said no. And, you know, I think my parents for a long time were like, but, but that's a safe job. It has, it has the, you know, the insurance, it has the, the, you know, 401k and like, it's, you know, it's the nine to five, it's safe. And I think that's exactly what you had at Rutgers. It's quote unquote safe. As it turns out, it is the least safe position to be in because you're everything about you is like everything about your like career is tied up in this one place that could decide, boom, we don't need you. And right. And without say, my knowledge, without my knowledge beforehand. Yeah, exactly. The way I got laid off is I had been on vacation. I came back from vacation and I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm all nice and relaxed. And my boss calls me in. And when I got laid off, he's, I, I, he called me into his office and the day before I left on vacations, so like that Friday that I left, I left work like an hour early, but my job was done and everything was wrapped up. So when he called me in, I thought I was getting written up for leaving early. <laughs> instead of getting laid off. And when he told me I'm laid off, I'm like, my God, that's a big reaction. Um, Just an hour, come on. I know. But meanwhile, like I think 42 or 43 people got laid off that day. Yeah. And, and again, it was like just literally the rug whipped out from under me. Yeah. And, you know, if my business starts to falter or fail, I know it. I, I'll see the dip of the clients. I'll mm -hmm. see the change of kind of the climate. Um, and I'll be able to adapt. But yeah. the rug whipped out from under me, it was like, what the hell? Yeah. No, I've always, I do find it really funny at this point where, you know, people talk about entrepreneurship as like really risk-taking and I actually genuinely mean it when I say I consider it to be the safer option yeah. because I'm like, yeah, this, I can, I can figure out something else. Like, and I'm very much aware of what the trend is like leaning towards so I can, you know, be changing things as needed to like adjust to it. So I think yeah. we really do. I think even as just like a society have to redefine like what is like, safe at like with our careers and I think right. you're you're doing a really good job with that yeah I mean I, I do wish I had paid days off I wish I went on vacation oh, tell me paid. about it I wish somebody contributed to my 401k other than me mm -hmm. um but I have a lot more flexibility I have a lot more freedom I I I am not going to get written up <laughs> um I you know, and I am responsible to my clients. If I don't do a good job, I'm going to have very immediate feedback. Mm -hmm. And I'm responsible for making that course correction. So it's true. Yeah. The only thing I get written up for is if, you know, DW really wanted to go out and he'll, he'll let me know. He'll be yeah. very yeah. angry, yeah. <laughs> very angry memos, but I'm otherwise, sorry. yeah. <laughs> otherwise we're good to go. Awesome. Okay. Last thing I wanted to ask is just practical advice for someone who's, you know, thinking about setting up their business, starting this new phase of their career. You know, what, what's your sort of best advice that you would offer them? Be um, as esoteric or as practical as you want. Well, my, my best advice is to, if you have a dream and you've had it for a while, follow it. Um, you might not have to take all the big steps, but are there small ways that you can start creeping towards it? Um you know, not everybody has the, the privilege to do what I did and just kind of start the business. You know, sometimes it is looking at, okay, if you want to start this new job or new career, or, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, can you start it on the weekends um, or in the evenings? Um, is there a call for it? Do people want it? Do people need it? 
but I definitely say, follow it, you know, mm -hmm. follow what your dream is. Um, cause our dreams are there for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. and they're not going to, our dreams are not going to happen just because we want them to. They're going to happen if we put the work towards it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next thing I would say is develop connections. Reach out to people. You know, reach out to people on Instagram. Reach out to people on Facebook. You know, listen to podcasts and contact the host. You know, yeah, it's it, not even to ask for something, but just to say, hey, I really like your podcast. You it's know, true. We, have, we really like that. <laughs> yeah, and, but it builds connections. You yeah, know? no, for and, sure. And the connections that will build a business. You know, mm -hmm. you, you know, sitting in my basement by myself is not going to get my business to work. It's true. I love that. Although I will add my my wrinkle to it, which is like way grumpier than yours. Yours is like lovely, and I, I I'm so happy about it. My like grumpy caveat is I would also list out all of the crappy things about the business that you want to start, and mm -hmm. if you still want to do it after you've listed those out then I think it's a great idea because I've definitely uh, recently been coming to terms with that. And I, it was actually a really good practice for me to be like, okay, well, if I you know, want to do this thing, I'm going to need to figure out like this financial stuff. I need to like run this mm -hmm. like profit and loss statement on this stuff. I need to figure mm -hmm. out like this like legal blah. blah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Me and legal and financial, it's just, it, it's like pulling teeth. And yeah. I have a lot of dental issues. So when I say pulling <laughs> teeth, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so yeah. yeah, for me to have to think about that stuff and actually still want to go forward with something, that's when I can yeah. tell I, I care enough to do it. And I think yeah. that's always a good practice. Yes, it is. That's, I would call that a payoff matrix. Mm -hmm. payoff matrix, you, kind of, you draw a square and then a, a kind of a T in it. So you have these four quadrants and you write out all the positives of doing what you want to do, all the negatives of doing what you want to do all the positives of not doing it and all the negatives of not doing it. And so it's like Ooh. a more in-depth pros cons list. Ooh, and, I love that. Yeah, no, it's really awesome. Like I use this in like all the day, uh, every day, like, um, cause it's, why are you going to, it's the pros and the cons of doing it and the pros and the cons of not doing it. Um, and it really highlights, is this actually worth it for you? And it highlights what the challenges are, what the obstacles might be. And you know, so I love payoff matrices. I'm so into that. Yeah. I think we'll have to, we'll maybe design a, a graphic of one to go with this episode for the socials so people can, yeah. can try it. Cause I'm, this is my new, I'm obsessed with this. I'm going to literally do this as soon as we get off the, the call here. <laughs> yeah. So it's just four quad quadrants, the pros of doing it, the cons of doing it, pros of not cons of not. And so good. And, you know, as you first say it, you're like, oh, but all of those, the, the pros would be the same, like the pros would match the cons of the other one, but it's totally different. Like it's yeah, a, they, there's they do such a new up a lot of times. Um, but what they do is they highlight where you can impact some change. So mm -hmm. if the con of starting a new business is it's going to cost too much, you know, I know then, okay, well, maybe I can't do it now, but if I save up some money, mm -hmm. I know I can look at that. If the, you know, the, the con of doing it is I'm going to have to travel more okay, well, maybe that'll impact your relationship. So have a conversation with your spouse. So mm -hmm. it really highlights how to, to work through those. Mm -hmm. And then there is like the con of not doing it. You know, the, yeah, it's, it's just such a different thing, even though like you'd think it would be really similar, but it's like very nuanced differences in right. those quadrants. Like, you need all like four con, quadrants. Yeah. Like the con of not doing it can be I am not going to know if it was going to be successful or not. I'm going to be left mm -hmm. with self-doubt. 
The con mm -hmm. of doing it is that there might be women out there who are struggling with pre-race jitters that end up not showing up to race day because mm -hmm. I didn't show up for them, you know? So, yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. Before we, before we wrap this up, tell everyone where they can find you, what freebies are currently on the website, all the stuff. Yeah. So where they can find me, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, which is Pat Spencer LCSW. Um, and then my website is getting your mind in gear, all one word, getting your mind in gear.com. And right now on the website, I have a freebie of a video um, about kind of the foundations of the mental side of sport where I go into the body mind community. Um, I, I just yesterday changed the way it was on the website because people are having a hard time accessing it. So now it should be much easier to access. Um, I would love, love, love it. If people visited my website, please sign up for my newsletter. Um, that way you can find out because I'm hoping in the next three to four months to really start that course that I was talking about. Nice which will be like seven or eight modules about the mental side. Um, and, you know, also on that, if you sign up for the newsletter, you get the link to the video, but quite honestly, it's easy to find the video. It says videos, um, you know, but in the near future, I'm going to have some other things up there, like some, maybe this payoff matrix possibly. I was going to say, sounds like a worksheet in the making here. It does sound like a worksheet in the making, doesn't it? So yeah, I, I would love it if people checked it out. You know, again, getting your mind in gear. And on that, you can email me, you can schedule a consultation, you know, just, and I would love to hear from anybody, you know, just even if just, hey, what's up? I love the podcast or, hey, what's up? You had a typo on your PowerPoint slide. Um, <laughs> So all feedback is good feedback. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely I want to engage with folks. Awesome. Well, Pat, thank you so much for doing this. This was such a fun chat and I'm so excited about all of the stuff that you have going on. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. All right. I hope that episode has been really enlightening for you. It was definitely really refreshing for me to get to talk to someone who is still in that early stage because I think, you know, a lot of our guests can maybe feel a little bit intimidating uh, when I talk to them. And I'm sure if I'm feeling that, I'm not the only one. So it's pretty cool to talk to someone who's also kind of just getting started on this, this ground floor and figuring things out as she goes along. And I think it's really cool to get to kind of be along for the ride, get a little bit of that behind the scenes, especially around some of the finance stuff, which I know, you know, some of you have checked out Brenda Smith's course after hearing her on this podcast way back in February, which I highly recommend everyone check out. But I think there's just so much to be said for sort of doing your homework and figuring out what it is that you need to actually do when you're starting this small business. What can you get away with waiting on, uh, but what needs to happen right now? So I think Pat did a really great job of sort of getting into some of the nuances there, and I am just so appreciative to have someone like her around to chat with, uh, and I love what she said about finding that group of women that you can talk to about your business. I think, you know, the, the feisty spaces, the Facebook groups, the Instagram pages are great places to find and connect with women, uh, definitely are in real life events are the best place, obviously, but you can definitely find these communities online. That's, you know, how Pat's continuing these relationships. So highly, highly recommend that everyone sort of think about that. Who's in your corner? Who can you talk to? Who can you bounce ideas off of? That's just going to be so, so helpful and put you so far ahead. All right. That is it for this week. Make sure you are following, subscribed, leaving ratings, reviews, all that stuff is super, super helpful. And with that, I'll see you next week.